Michelle Constant on SAFM. 7.42, you are with SAFM. And let's crack into a, a story which focuses on health. Now, some of you may know that there's been this horrendous bronchitis which has been going around the country and has really made one feel really quite awful. I was one of those infected by it and affected by it as well. And some, I suppose one of the questions could be is, could it be the impact of air pollution as well? Well, apparently Johannesburg and Gauteng has the worst air quality in at least five years. And to try and understand what's exactly going on, we've got Quinton Hurt, who is the managing director at something called Skyside, trying to find out a little bit more about our air pollution, what is going on, why is it so bad, and why are the levels so high at the moment as well. Quinton, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Michelle. Thanks for having me on the show. Quinton, first of all, what is Skyside? Uh, We're a a technical company that measures air pollution. We measure air pollution uh, around mines, for instance, to ensure that the dust levels in communities are within acceptable ranges. Uh, We measure gas that comes out of uh, chimneys and in factories, uh, in um, power stations, for instance, and uh, a whole range of services around understanding the specific chemical nature of what's in the air that we breathe. So you've been in this field for many a year, actually three decades and ongoing. <laughs> so, which means that you've, you've traveled through a variety of places. You've been on the continent, you've been to Canada, you've been to the US, Europe, Eastern Europe, and of course, Southern Africa as well, uh, part of the continent. And I suppose what you're able to see is the differentiation between countries in terms of air pollution. How does it read? So I think in South Africa, we're blessed with large open spaces and, um, you know, air movement that comes up from Antarctica to the west of the country. uh, And possibly we cursed with an air movement that comes right down from Central Africa down through Johannesburg and and, and the Durban areas. So uh, I find that, you know, we're very affected by those regional conditions. We're less... um, Urban, uh, although Johannesburg might be a a specific case, we don't have the intense urban air pollution that uh, many of the European capitals have and uh, the issues that they're trying to deal with, with, um, you know, actually stopping vehicles going into certain areas of the city because it creates such poor air quality in those very dense areas. So, Quinton, you talk about regional conditions, and I'm assuming that that then links to um, coal manufacturing and the like, as opposed to urban pollution, which would be cars. How how do we rate in Johannesburg? I'm thinking of like Delhi, where they have such extreme pollution, but that also comes in from the farmers who are burning uh, crop fields, etc. Apparently, once a year, it just gets out of control. How do we deal in Johannesburg, for example? So we have a number of challenges, uh, particularly in Johannesburg and um, the surrounding areas. Um, I think that uh, power and and heating is a major consideration. Um, so whereas we might not suffer from traffic uh, impacts to the same degree that certain European cities and American cities might have done, uh, we definitely see the local impact of people 
cooking, keeping warm in winter, um, and uh, particularly where there's no people aren't served by electricity and need to generate uh, that uh, power locally, um, that we, we see those mornings in winter where yeah, uh, we have the very similar, yeah. So um, we do also see a regional impact. So there's been a lot of study of the impact of uh, burning um, to the north of us, but fortunately we nothing like India or Indonesia at the moment. So... I was interested when I read the information from you that you were talking about um, citizen science and how people themselves can manage and understand their exposure. And I'm always interested in how citizen science works. Perhaps you could just talk that through with us. Sure. So um, I was also interested because I hadn't studied uh, the Microsoft um, Air Quality Index to, uh, you know, I'd, I'd followed Google, had had brought out a similar map that overlaid on the weather uh, charts, for instance. And I was quite surprised uh, when when you raised it about the, the way that Microsoft was um, portraying that information. So I, I went back and had a look at where they're getting their, their data from. Yeah. And they're really two sources. So the government, South African government runs um, an air, continuous air quality monitoring network. And they publish that data on the website. But obviously, it's a very expensive operation to run a a, you know, a fully-fledged uh, continuous air monitoring stations, probably in the region of 4 million rand a year, um, to just keep that going, let alone the, the investment of having to set up that type, of, uh, that type of monitoring station. But what we've seen in the last five years is very interesting. We've seen people um, miniaturizing a lot of those measurements, and um, to the degree that the company that Microsoft has partnered with, uh, it's really something... Uh, probably you know, probably the size of three or four matchboxes that you can carry around with you. And um, so the data that they are relying on to a large extent is data from people that are interested in their exposure and they then prepared to share that information and they then put that all together and come up with this, uh, this air quality map, which is, you know, really reliant on, on people like you and me who are prepared to make a small investment and then share the data. Quentin, you know, I'm, I'm always intrigued by how we think about citizen science I've, for many, many years. I'm particularly interested in how we measure, for example, the birds in our neighborhood, etc., etc. But what strikes me about it is it is one way for us to feel like we're being proactive in our societies. Like many times we feel like, we feel out of control. We feel like no one is um, able to control the kind of shifts and changes that are happening that we may not necessarily like either. And yet, if we go this route, it is a way of saying, well, I can participate and I can take control. I mean, voting is a way of participating. And this is another way of participating in your society as well. How do people do it? Are you engaging with people that are doing it? And uh, what's the general consensus? So we are working with some very proactive um, community organizations who are bringing in um, some of these sensors. One in particular uh, has a project where they're trying to deploy them at state hospitals, uh, both as an awareness of the impact of air quality and its uh, link to health, but also because of you know just trying to distribute this data. As I, as I said, the the um, traditional government approach to bring in uh, very precise instrumentation, 
and maintain it at, 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 a, at a great expense is absolutely critical. I mean, we can't move away from that. The uncertainty associated with that data is very low, but there are a lot of gaps. And so um, it really is reliant on people that are, that are interested in, in air pollution, interested in understanding it um, so that they can have some sort of control over their exposure and hopefully also um, to limit the sources of air pollution. I'm a firm believer that data raises awareness and uh, once there's credible data, people will take action on it. Yeah. Quinton, uh, what's the most polluted city in the world? <laughs> I think that, you know, that's part of the problem. When someone said to me that Johannesburg is, was the most polluted city, it, it's actually quite a local condition. So, um, in fact, there was a day last year where one of our customers phoned me and, uh, you know, he, he'd seen this headline that said Johannesburg yesterday was the most polluted city in the world. And I said to him, well, if you, you know, if you're standing right next to a raging fire and there's smoke all around you, you're coughing in the smoke, you're going to be at that particular point at the most gonna, muted point in the world. I'm going to have to leave it there, unfortunately. Quinton Hurt, Managing Director at Skyside, to a break. The 1996 AFCON finalist.